Well, as old Scott Curlin says... Who the hell's Scott Curlin? Me. What the hell? Big Trouble in Little China is in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Pilgrim. Tear me apart, Lisa! You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff. You lose. It Professor Plum. I said Plum. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabe. Pitch to the start of the Bernoulli Convergenator. If he puts a car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland. And joining me for Summer Flopbusters once again is... It's cool. <laughs> Try not to sound so enthused. So we watched Big Trouble in Little China. I didn't get to write up a blurb. I had to uh, use my phone as we were doing it because my computer was in the other room. So the film is Big Trouble in Little China. came out in 1986. It came out the same weekend as Aliens. This was also John Carpenter's comeback film, but it wasn't his comeback. You see, kids... John Carpenter was on a bit of a down streak after making the film The Thing, costing the studio so much money at Fox. And on top of that, he also made a little film called Christine, which wasn't the Stephen, uh, Stephen King film they thought it would be. And he had to make Starman as a way to get back on the good graces of everyone. Big Trouble in Little China was supposed to be his comeback film, but it wasn't. It was written by W.D. Richter, who... <laughs> He was already on the podcast, not personally, but his film Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension was. This was technically the sequel of The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. So many people say, um, and also deny, but W.D. Richter took the premise of the sequel to Buckaroo Banzai Against the Crime League and applied it here. Things were changed. The role of Buckaroo Banzai was changed to the role of Jack Burden. And that's basically it. Everything else is pretty much Buckaroo Banzai style. The problem with this film is that the budget went from being $11 million to being $25 million. It also opened the same day as The Great Mouse Detective. So on both fronts, when this was appealing to teenagers and kids, in addition to adults... They were going to see The Great Mouse Detective, where everyone else was going to see Aliens. So, uh, the problem was, it lost everything. Until it came out on video. That's the great thing about VHS. This film had a cult status, but in the summer of 1986, this film tanked. So, Cole, want to talk about this? James Cameron, that monster, (laughs) had to go out and make Aliens. And destroy this movie's chances at the box office. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just that, but this was also the year of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It stood, yeah, it stood no chance. And, and The Karate Kid Part 2. Part 2, which is my favorite one of the Karate Kid movies. I like Part 2 better than Part 1. I'm a Part 1 man myself. Well, Johnny Lawrence. But I love in, uh, I love in Japan the whole uh, little drummer thing. <laughs> It makes no sense. So, Big Trouble in Little China is actually one of my favorite um, John Carpenter movies. <coughs> you okay? You dying over there? <coughs> a little bit parched. Do you want some of my water? Yes. There you go. Um, oh, God. Don't spill. No, no, no. Don't spill. <sighs> Brought to you by the... <laughs> Brought to you by Aqua. Aqua. Um, so... This is one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. It goes The Thing, then this movie, then They Live. I'm going to have to agree, but I've never seen They Live. So. You've never seen They Live? Nope. You haven't came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and you're all out of bubblegum? No. That's a line in the movie. I know. Um, I mean, so, okay, as far as... Oh, wait, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It, it goes The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York. Then they live. Haven't seen that one. Cool. We're going to have to have a Carpenter Marathon. I will always have a John Carpenter Marathon. So, the star of this movie is Kurt Russell. 
And his co-star was originally supposed to be Goldie Hawn. His wife. Oh, Kim Cattrall was supposed to be... Goldie Hawn. Okay. And the studio's like, no. She's like, fine. Kim Cattrall just made Mannequin, and she just made Porky's, so she was at the top of, like, you know, everyone's it girl list. And they weren't going to go, they weren't going to sign off on Goldie Hawn, who at this point, A, she already has an Oscar, and B, she made Private Benjamin, she made Overboard with Kurt Russell. I think the fact that the original Overboard didn't do as well as it should have was the problem. Mm. Um, Now, how awesome is Kurt Russell in this movie? Oh, he's awesome. Um, Definitely because he plays against the macho man tropes of the 80s i mean he tries to be he certainly tries to be in the movie he's trying to be john wayne so bad and i think that's why it's great it is um there's several points in this movie where he's just like yeah i'm the cool guy like he has his whole like trucker radio cat uh, radio cast you mean the pork shop express pork shop express where he's like you know what old jack burton says when there's an eight-foot-tall man coming out of the darkness and he's asking you, have you paid your dues? You tell him what Jack Burton says. Checks in the mail. I feel like that's what old truckers used to do back in the day. They would just be, like, doing radio shows just by themselves. Yeah, I'm like, tough. They were doing podcasts. Yeah. So, this, was, this film came out the year I was born. And mm. it came out the summer I was born, actually. And this film, I feel like this film, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and, like, Karate Kid Part 2 are, like, my spirit films. Um, and I think that's because, and it's not even, it's not even Kurt Russell. It's totally, um, James Hong, who is, who's the villain in this movie. James Hong, I'm just gonna be blowing smoke up this film's ass, like, the entire podcast. The villain is really good. He is as hammy as he needs to be and just as evil as he wants to be my problem is this place this place is my tomb i'm buried here a young man a king a warrior is entombed in this old man's crippled body and all i need is a woman mr burton a special kind of woman with dragon green eyes to make me whole again young again that I may rule the universe from beyond this grave. Qingdai, the god of the east. Who, him? This guy? No, not me, Mr. Burton. My demon, the god I must appease in order to regain my heart, my blood. And, and, and his, his accent is, I mean, James Hong has such a distinctive voice. Like, like let's get into a quick synopsis. What, is, what would you say is the Clip Notes version of this film? Okay, so... Macho Man Trucker, Jack Burton, who's certainly created that image on his radio, um, is comes into the port of San Francisco, and he's uh, gambling with his friend, but um, they get inside of a turf war, get caught in the middle of a turf war between two rival gangs um, also, which starts because... Uh, who is his cohorts? Uh, Wang. Wang. Wang is... Uh, yeah, every time they said Wang, I just went... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wang, uh, his fiance, who he only met when they were five, five years, old, years old, and then they just were pen pals. But that—that's like old school. That—that's just how they did it then. For, All I can think of for, is the... for his, you know, for his entire family. That's like like it. It was almost like an arranged marriage. Yeah, <laughs> I always get the image of the Charlie Brown pen pal caught in my head. The girl from France. <laughs> bonjour um and then they have to basically fight the mystic yep because Dave, uh david what what is it david uh lohang lopang 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 and i i forget the character's name but it's the it's the grandpa from three ninjas and also the grandpa from the golden child this guy plays a lot of grandpas he he's been in battle with the the old guy the old surly guy, the one who's helping Jack. Yeah, his uh. He's he's from Three Ninjas. Yeah, yeah. That guy plays the same role in every movie, and I would just love if you find out that his character from Three Ninjas and his character from The Golden Child and his character from this are just the same guy. Yep, just uh, <laughs> circumstances align. 
God, will you leave him alone? Mr. Shen, please. You could be in a great deal of trouble. Half a city block explodes in a ball of green flame. Green flame! I mean, so all hell is breaking loose here. And there are people who say you're involved, that you might be responsible, that you're a very dangerous man. Now, if you're protecting Jack you Burton... You leave Jack Burton alone. We are in his debt. He showed great courage. It's just what happens. So, uh, and, and it's me, Eddie Murphy, Kurt Russell, and uh, three kids. Three co- uh, precocious children. But anyways, um, Wang's fiance is kidnapped because Lo Pang needs her to become mortal again. Yeah, because, like, he's a ghost, and when he's not a ghost, he's, like, 2,000 years. Yeah, he, he looks like... He a look, nutsack. He kind of, well, he kind of looks like... Kate McKinnon when she's Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. It, the makeup is kind of very similar, except I feel like his fingernails are shorter. No, oh, God. But but the makeup is pretty similar. Um, James Hong, if you don't know who he is, he was in Chinatown. He was in. He's the the father, the goose father from Kung uh, Kung Fu Panda. He's been in everything, and he is fantastic in this. Like, like as he, I as I said before, this was supposed to be the sequel of Buckaroo Banzai, and he was supposed to be the main villain in that one, and they just said, "No, what? It's not going to be a Buckaroo Banzai movie. It's going to be this John Carpenter movie." And that's what happened. So yeah. But he is certainly the '80s villain that we deserve this is such an 80s movie like the music the like john carpenter's score because john carpenter does his own music like that whole synth like bing, ding, 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 and he mixes ding, it with kind of like a chinese vibe uh, yeah it's like it. it's like it's axel f it's like axel f with like because at, at times it gets a little inappropriate. Yeah. The, there's a lot of stereotyping in this movie that, like, today would not pass by any MPAA standards whatsoever. Like, every Chinese person. Like, every every fight scene, like, like what they do beforehand. Um, the, the, the costumes... And just the way they, they talk to each other, especially how Kurt Russell talks to Wang. Like, the things he says to him is kind of offensive. Remember when they're having... They, they have a they have a contest. Like, they're betting... They're gambling with each other. Oh. With the machete yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the beer bottle. He gives him crap for, like, having this old Chinese technique. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's yeah. just because you know this is... This. Yeah, yeah. He's saying all these offensive th- things. And, like, it's charming because it's Kurt Russell. You're out of your mind, Wang. God bless you. <laughs> it's all in the reflexes. It always works at home. Yeah, well, have me over for dinner some year and approve it. In the meantime, pay up 1148 bucks times two. Yeah, I don't have that kind of money, Jack. I didn't hear that, Wang. Hey, I'm just a poor Chinese boy, you know? Yeah, you own a restaurant. That's a hell of a lot more than me. If it was anyone else, if, and it, if it was real... Wait, like, like, if oh, it was anyone God. else in the 80s, because you got to think about who it would have been in the 80s, like they would have casted. Um, Probably Patrick Swayze... Mel Gibson, Stallone, these are all people who would be on the, the short list to, to play this role. Um, I think at one point Michael Keaton was on the list. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Keaton. <laughs> Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! <laughs> like, that would have been amazing. So, what do you like about this movie so much? Um, I love the set design and like the makeup and the prosthetics of it. I mean, the story certainly holds up and it, it, it's entertaining to watch you, if it's you, a short movie yeah if you it's a rainy day this will definitely cheer you up you mean like today where when we're recording yes it, it's 
pouring outside. So this is like the perfect film to watch. Some would I wouldn't have released this in the summer. That's the thing. This movie, no. this should have come out at around Halloween. Like that would have been so cool. They Halloween could've... or February, like, like, just either play off the romance a- aspect for for like February or play off like the spiritual stuff for Halloween. But this is not a summer movie. It, the the costuming and the process. They have there's monsters in this movie, and then they have these dead corpses of. And it's a John Carpenter movie, so they're obviously going to have special effects. They're practical effects. Practical effects, yeah. Well, not the lightning. No, the lightning. The lightning is the same lightning that. Like, not lightning, but the same type of special effects they used in Ghostbusters. Yeah. But, um... And the there's... Pros- what? No, the practical effects are just amazing. You mean, like, Snarf? <laughs> Snarf. Snarf is the magical eyeball thing that is the eyes of... Eyes yeah. and ears of Lopang. Of, of James Hong. I'm not calling him Lopang. I'm calling him James Hong. James Hong. I love when that thing dies. Um, He just... uh, Wang takes the katana and stabs it through, and you just hear... Yeah! God damn it. <laughs> James Hong is like, no! That's his only friend. <laughs> he used to tell me stories. We used to roast marshmallows on Lake Wakanda. It's amazing. I'll never forget his soft skin. His oh. soft, wrinkly skin. Like, at the beginning of the movie, the, the, they do stuff that pays off in the end. Like, you know, you find out that, that Jack has, like, great reflexes. Reflexes, not reflux. He has acid reflux. It's really bad. I wouldn't, you know, like, not believe that. His, his reflexes are really good because, what does he say? He sees it coming. He's like, it's all in the reflexes. And so so they establish that at the beginning because... He's able to catch a bottle. He's able to like catch... Flying through the air. Yeah, and then they bring it back when he has a knife thrown at him and he catches it and then he kills Lopang. Spoilers. Uh... The the reason why I put this on the Flopbuster list is because of Buckaroo Banzai. Because W.D. Richter wrote both of these movies, and this technically was the sequel. Um, also because we already promised someone else, uh, we already promised Lee that he could do Buckaroo Banzai, and I wanted to give you something cool. <laughs> I, I definitely like this movie a lot. It's up there as one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, do you like this as much as Buckaroo Banzai? Mm, just because I grew up on this and not Buckaroo Banzai, it's above Buckaroo Banzai. Okay. Like, John Carpenter-wise, it doesn't feel like a John Carpenter movie. It's very out of character for him. Yeah, it's it's very campy. It, it's also bright, even though it has, like, monsters and dead people. Just a whole room full of submerged, um, upside-down corpses. Well, that felt like John Carpenter. That did, but it's, like, bright. I always... Happy dead people. Happy dead people. They're lively, you know. Yeah, and... <laughs> There's neon lights. Well, John Carpenter never really made PG-13 movies. I think the first one he made was Starman. And then, then I guess, this afterwards. But everything else leading up to it was like a hard R. Especially the thing. Especially the thing. Well, Christine. Never seen it. You've never seen Christine? Nope. Oh, it's creepy as hell. And Halloween, of course. Yeah. Like... There are moments where where the score does get into like like Halloween territory, um, but for the most part, this felt like like a uh, um, uh, oh, guy who's the guy who did uh, Beverly Hills Club? Faltmeyer Faltmeyer Roger Faltmeyer, whatever. But the, the this felt very Beverly Hills copy. Like this was two years after Beverly Hills Cop, and I feel like like in the eighties they tried to do the lone guy helped by a bunch of people like like Beverly Hills Cop or or The Golden Child where now in in the two the is it the 10s the 2010s I guess <laughs> uh it it's more of a buddy cop thing like they're trying to cash in on the 80s stuff yeah. but it's it's its own thing um I hate there's one thing I hate in this movie and that is um, the reporter. <laughs> she drags. She serves no purpose. And any scene she's in, she drags it out, and it's like, oh, God, can we just focus on anyone else but her? 
does she serve a purpose at all? I don't know, because I felt she just got shoehorned in, because she's also reporting on this prostitution ring that has been going on, which is why... Right, and, and like, they need to establish, like... So there's three guys. There's Jack, there's Wang, there's... And then there's their buddy, whose, like, uncle is the guy from The Golden Child. Yeah. And then, I guess they needed the love interest for him, but they didn't, like... Like, she, also, the whole movie, she is super horny. Because, like, at the end of the movie, she's like, maybe you can come over and help me create a title for this. Why don't you just call your article Big Trouble in Little China? Like, it like fe- the name of the movie! Like, like <clears throat> it, it felt like that's what, what it was leading up to, but the, they never cash in on it. Nope. They, they never say, oh, man, there's Big Trouble in Little China. Oh no, there's big trouble in a little Soxia. <laughs> what it was is it in uh Big oh. Big Hero Six? San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> big trouble in little San Francisco. <laughs> um That's the other thing I didn't get because I thought in New York Chinatown is a big thing and in San Francisco it's little Japan. No or Little Tokyo. Uh in San Francisco they have a Chinatown. Okay. I mean like every, every Every even Boston has a Chinatown. Boston has. I was gonna say every metropolitan area. I mean, Montreal has a Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, but they make it. This doesn't feel like Chinatown though, because they're in one building the entire time. They're in one building that is just like. You know, it's twenty nine stories apparently because it they keep on ending up on like. 25 different floors this is where the raid got its yeah yeah it's pretty much but also if you if if they didn't tell you that they were in chinatown you would have never known this could have been any major metropolitan site seriously and are we to believe that this chinatown has its own airport Mm. because because he's like i gotta go to the airport and apparently it's like right down the street and yeah everything is very condensed and clumped into one area also he's able to fit a truck in many of the streets in the city that's not how this works that's not how any of this works damn it kurt russell i gotta say kurt russell is badass in this like like whether it's the tank tops and the machine gun or uzi that he has or just the henleys and his feathered hair He's awesome, and he owns the character. Like, him him as, as uh, Jack Burden and Snake Plissken, and even as McCready, like, they're all different characters, but they all just have confidence. This is more of the John Wayne confidence, where... He's cocky. Where, um, I would say that, like, McCready is more of a uh, Clint Eastwood... Yeah, he's serious. <coughs> Not to and, say John Wayne isn't, but there's a different air to it. And Snake Plissken is like very Steve McQueeny, yeah. minus the eye. Uh, okay. So the the main thing is that Lo Payne, James Hong, needs to become human again, and and he needs to marry a woman, then kill her, but the woman has to have green eyes. Green eyes, and at first they think. It has to be a woman from China. And then you find out, oh, Kim Cattrall also has green eyes, and she can easily fit the bill. Yeah, like, like <laughs> they, they, they retcon it. But but Wang's girlfriend? for I, I thought, for the longest time, I thought it was Kim Cattrall at first. Like, the picture looked like Kim Cattrall with a wig, and then it was a different actress. Like, the picture didn't look the same as the actress who was playing her. Uh, d- am I crazy? No, I don't think... There's two photos you're shown there's one that kim cattrall is looking for a woman who's about to be well sold. that's a different woman yeah no i'm i'm the one he shows jack burden yeah it does look like kim cattrall it looks like kim cattrall with a with a black wig and like like uh a lot of makeup i was gonna say groucho mark's eyebrows <laughs> like wow jack burden that's the most ridiculous thing i have avoid his girlfriend is not given a whole lot to do in this movie i don't does she speak at all she has like two lines and it's when she's under the trance of james hong because otherwise, Kim Cattrall is only the one that, only 
woman in this movie that has a slightly fleshed out but character. But as we talked about last week with Titan AE, this is another example of, oh, we hate each other, now we love each other. Because her and Jack, they're she's like, don't talk to me, you're a chauvinistic pig. And he's like, ah, mamacita, I wouldn't say that if I were you because I'm a real man's man and... If you give me a chance, I will take you around the world, partner. Like, he's talking like John Wayne the whole movie. Yeah, I don't know. That didn't bother me that much in this movie. Maybe it's just because I look back on it fondly. Um, well, no. It, any any Kurt Russell movie, like, even in Death Proof, like, he's doing John Wayne. He always says John Wayne <clears throat> or Elvis. And when, when they have him go into the brothel um, pretending mm-hmm. to be a businessman... Cash charge. Oh gosh, cash, I guess. I mean, it's not deductible, is it? Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> O'Toole will take care of your needs. Boy, you know, I wish these were in color, because what I really am sort of in the mood for is a girl with green eyes. And price is no object, Mrs. O'Toole. Fresh off the boats the way I like them. The more exotic, the better. Chinese girls do not come with green eyes. That that's his old like Disney Channel like when he made Disney movies. That's his old haircut that he had like the parted to the side, and he looked like such a dork. I'm a good Christian boy. Now, I have to talk about how fast this movie goes because this movie goes by so fast. This movie is ninety minutes long. And you would think it's an hour tops. Yeah. Because I remember it being different than it was. Because I always remember the second half. I always remember once they discover Kim Cattrall has green eyes. Better than I re- remember like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because the beginning objective is, oh, we're going to go find your fiancé who is trapped in the brothel and get her. And then they end up freeing all of the other women that are going to become sex workers and they scatter (laughs) it's like come on let's get out of here where's kim cattrall oh leave her it's too late for her no she's right here no she's it's too late it's too late (laughs) but she's right here i said it's too Too late late. where does this go up to his office lopan's office it's cooler up there from from there we can do you have a gun i hope have a knife a knife this guy's 12 feet tall! Seven. Hey, don't worry, I can handle him. I took something. I can see things no one else can see. Why are you dressed like that? I... I, I was getting married. He, he was marrying both of us just because... Uh, my eyes are green too, I guess. I mean... We have to... Kim Kim Cattrall's acting in this movie is like... She is a really good actress. Like, she's really good in this. But she's totally wasted. Yeah, she is. She's so wasted. She's not this. given a lot to do. Like, and, and that's what I hate about 80s movies. I love 80s movies, but I hate that female characters are so underwritten. It's the same as Pen, uh, Penny. Penny Pretty in, in Buckaroo Banzai. Same type of arc. She, you think she's going to do something, but she's totally wasted. The only standout female that I'm thinking of is the competitor of this, uh, Aliens. Ripley. Ripley. Oh, and uh, what's her <clears throat> name? Um, the, the uh, not Newt, but the, the, um, oh my god, the, the, the girl mercenary who's with them. Vasquez? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is it Vasquez? Is that her name? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. We have to rewatch it. But, yeah, she she's badass. Where any W.D. Richter film, like, Penny Pretty doesn't do anything in Buckaroo Banzai. Kim Cattrall doesn't really do much. You, what would have been great is if she ended up being the one to kill Lopane. Lopane. Like, yeah, if she Song. just, like, had, like, a knife hidden underneath the dress and she just stabbed him in the stomach and he's like, Ow! Well, one thing that happens is once Lopang dies, there's still like ten minutes left of the movie. It's just them escaping. It's them escaping, but but his his you know his henchmen are still after them. Normally, in like a Bond movie, when the leader dies, 
the henchmen just give up. Like, I, I would have loved for them to be like, oh, he's dead? Okay, I'm going to go home. I would have loved it if they, like, try and fight Jack, and then they find out their powers have gone. That would have been even better. It's like, the- I'm going to inflate my... Yeah, by the way, there's some really weird powers kind of given there's a lot of mortal combat powers like a, a lot of this felt like either street fighter or mortal combat like like his he has these wolf men yeah that, which make is like oh there's just suddenly a creature living in the walls okay and these look like these look like john carpenter creations like the the teeth are, are mangled and disgusting and the eyes are very protruding and then you have their powers so one of the henchmen, the, like pretty much the primary one you get to see the most, uh, can inflate himself. He's like an inflatable mattress. Uh, and he really is. Like Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but then he explodes. At the very end for just... I guess it was like, oh, I'm going to try and kill these guys. And it's just a one hallway explosion and it's just chunks. So I don't really see any damage coming out of that. And... Then the guy who shoots lightning, they easily kill him by dropping a, a you know, a statue on his head. He's like, like Tim the Enchanter from Monty Python. He just literally just shoots lightning bolts around I, and then barely. I was thinking more, him. more of uh, from Mortal Kombat. Oh, Raiden, actual uh, Raiden. Raiden, yeah. Like Raiden, 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 Raiden. I think it's Raiden. Raiden, Raiden, Raiden. Um, Christopher Lambert, I should say. Like, he doesn't serve a purpose. That guy doesn't do anything. I'm going to shoot some lightning around. Are, are you sure that's not going to hurt you? Nope. <laughs> totally fine. You're bleeding quite a bit. Nope. <laughs> Just in denial. You know, you you get workers' comp. Sick, <laughs> sick days and everything. What? Oh, what? well, you said you can work, so I guess you're fine. Lightning. <laughs> no, it's too late. And the other guy, I guess he has wind powers, because he literally, there's a torture scene, and he just shucks little rubber balls at Jack Burton's stomach. Yeah, I guess he can, if if they're supposed to be, no, because the, the wind powers, I would say, would be the guy who can inflate himself. Like, I, I guess he... Maybe he has slight telekinesis? Slight telekinesis, I would say, because he can also, like, fly himself, like, he can lift himself up. Yet, uh, Wang's character can easily match him, because there's a scene where they're just like, his main thing is the wind, the telekinesis guy can jump really high, but Wang can easily jump the same heights. It's, they never go into it. Like, you're supposed to find out that, that Grandpa from Three Ninjas is the good type of, of mystical sorcerer, sorcerer, and, and, uh, James Hong is the bad type, and they each have their crew, but I, they never go into it. I think that, that Wang and his brother are supposed to be the nephews of that guy, of, of Three Ninjas' grandpa. Okay. <laughs> Ninja grandpa. Um, and then, like, James Hong just recruited these guys. And when James Hong is going through stuff, it, they never really explain it. It's like, oh, I, can, I'm, I just got ghost powers. I got cursed a long time ago. Oh, by the way, that long time ago was like during the Jade Dynasty, or it was, it was like uh, BC something. Never explained again. They they gloss over it. They gloss over a lot. And there was like a cataclysm that happened. They have a great opportunity for a prequel. I always thought that that Kim Cattrall was a reporter. I didn't know she. That's would, what I thought too. Yeah, I totally forgot she's a lawyer. But she she's most lawyers because you know. My, I come from a family of lawyers, like, 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 my dad's a lawyer, you know, I have, we, we know lawyers, like, they're very st- strong, confident people, she has no confidence whatsoever, she's very, she gives up way too easily, she, she just waits to be rescued by, by, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, and there's several instances in the film, uh, when they're captured where she kind of breaks the spell a little bit, and then she just does nothing. Come on, just stop setting women back. You could have uh, gotten Wang's fiance. I feel bad for forgetting her name, but she's really forgettable. I, I, I forget Kim Cattrall's character's name. 
Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, like like the the only person that I remember their name is Wang, and and Jack Burton. I can't even remember Three Ninjas' grandpa name. Egg. You you can't remember neither. <laughs> like he's a torpus. But at, the movie also opens with him, you know, talking to a lawyer, and then they never address that again. He also says that Jack Burton is responsible for like the saving of mankind, basically. He and doesn't really do anything. He he gets lucky. He that's, gets, that's the one thing about his character. His character is all bravado and talk. When he's actually in a fight, he's kind of bumbling. He is bumbling. He just he kills a guy because he falls over, and his knife just goes up. He uh, at one point when they're going to interrupt their wedding ceremony, he fires the gun up in the air, but there's an arch above him, and the plaster falls and hits him in the head. He's almost very snidely whiplashy, like, like, like he's a klutz. And uh, when the the guy who's the reporter's love interest. Oh yeah, I forget his name too. He um, he's like, oh, is that your first time plugging someone? He's like, Jack Burns, like, no, no, and it's clearly the first time he's I'm ever shot a I'm just gonna call gun. that guy NCIS because he's on NCIS, like. Yeah. Uh, so Jack Burton is very much just a, an image that he's trying to make, and real Jack Burton has no experience. Yeah, that that that's also another thing they never address. It's like he he is a truck driver. Like he does he doesn't really use a gun. And the only reason why he has the knives is so he doesn't get mugged or robbed on the road. He's not going to be carrying a gun all the time. He's just about intimidation. <laughs> And bravado. I mean, he's also that hair, that feathery. He just gets by and looks alone. Like, like they're remaking this movie. Let, they're let's get into it. They're remaking Big Trouble in Little China with The Rock, which I love. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I do. There's another role for him though. Like he could have been like Wang. Like he could have been like any any of the guys who are helping him. Or just a different '80s movie reboot. Yeah, honestly, I would love to see Beverly Hills Cop with Ooh, with, with the, the Rock, rock. like because he's funny, especially in in uh, Jumanji. He's really funny in that. He's really funny in Central Intelligence. Give him Beverly Hills Cop. Give this to Chris Pratt or Wyatt Russell. Give it to Kurt Russell's kid. Like, yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt. Would Chris do, Pratt takes precedence. Honestly, though. but but this film a shouldn't be remade. No. It's been in development hell since, like, 2010, and then, like, it got back on track in 2015, and then nothing. And don't touch this, because, honestly, this movie, even though there are a lot of flaws, it's so much fun. It is. It's so much fun. The 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 scenes with, with James Hong, like, he's a really good villain, and they, they flesh him out. I mean, they use a lot of fleshing out for his character. Jack Burton doesn't get a ton of fleshing out, but but we're given a brief glimpse of his life in the Pork Shop Express. Yeah, but but that's it. The fact that that they gave the villain such a backstory, that's kind of brilliant. I would like to see a prequel about him. With the the two thousand years where he just kept yes. killing women. Now. There are some things that I can't condone in this movie. There's a lot of racism in this movie. There's also a lot of... Stereotyping. Not just the stereotyping. Not just the stereotyping. Sexism. Sexism is the biggest thing. I mean, there's a lot to do with sex trafficking. There's a lot to do with um, forcing yourself or your will on a woman. Arranged marriage. Well, not the arranged marriage, the way that he just hypnotizes them to basically, A, marry him, and then B, kill themselves. Like, it's very uncomfortable. And it's all masked with, like, you know, the goofiness of, oh, we're going to rescue them, dum-de-dum-de-dum. It gets really dark. Yeah, I would would definitely say if you're working for a more fleshed-out, you know, film that empowers women or has a more positive female role model aliens is probably the better one yeah i mean it's not surprising this movie tanked at the box office it's just surprising that it tanked so much how much did it 
Well, the budget for this was $25 million. And how much did it make? 11. Ooh. Like, I would have... I would have been more... No. I would have thought that it would have tanked, like, by maybe $5 million. Like I would it, have, it made 17 instead of, like... Or, or at least 19.5. Yeah. But but by, by tanking by almost $14 million, on the budget alone, I think it only went towards, like, production design and Kurt Russell's salary, but... Makeup effects. But, uh... I mean... I mean, did they actually buy a a Mack truck? Is that why they you only see it twice in the movie at the beginning and at the end? Because they only had it on two days of filming? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, John, we got a problem. We only booked this for two days. God damn it! What do you mean? You told me... You, you showed me invoices. You said we had it for 20 days. Yeah, about that. I was uh, focusing on the score, and I just... Oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, how much are we paying for it? Two million dollars. Oh. A day? Like, how, how is this movie 25 million dollars? I guess the special effects? I guess. there's all, the, the, the creature outfits are amazing. Yeah. And there's that one point where when David Lopang is... Uh, da- uh, James Hahn's character James. is uh, transforming where his entire body glows and you can tell it's a prosthetic now but like it's still really cool like it starts off in his hand and then he just becomes a luminous light bulb pretty much I mean how did how did John Carpenter go from like being the most decorated and loved horror director with Halloween and then like everyone ended up hating him when he tried to do his own thing like when he, when he did the thing when he did this the fact that he did a lot of creature work everyone gave him like a ton of shit but these there's so much detail there's so much detail especially the thing that kind of looks like harry and the hendersons (laughs) what it does it does does, like he went on meth he he actually he kind of looks like uh in a goofy movie it looks like bigfoot from a goose He contracted mange. And I feel bad for him because like I feel like he, he's not evil. He's just he's just so scary looking. He's like, hey, can I join you guys? Take that and they kick him in the crotch. Oh no, I just want friends. So, I just creep around in these walls all day. I was once a male model. I accidentally entered the wrong sex brothel. <laughs> they put a curse on me. And and the fact like the movie just ends with him hiding in Jack's tractor trailer, um, I I truly believe it's him being like friend. I just want friends. I want someone who I can make catty comments to. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Please don't leave me. I need love. And like all of these creatures need love. Like like Snarf. That's A little what... eyeball monster. Yeah, I'm gonna keep calling it Snarf. 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 He... <laughs> He, 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 all he wants is just to be, you know, the eyes and ears of of uh, James Hong. Sorcerer. And and then when he gets shot in the head, when they shoot at it and it still lives, it's actually such detail because you can see where the bullet hole is and you can see that it's bleeding a little bit. But it's so much detail. And I think that's also where part of the budget went into is, you know, the practicality. John Carpenter loves his special effects. He does. Now, in your opinion, who would win in a fight? Jack Burden or uh, McCready? McCready. Really? Yeah. I think Jack Burden would. I like Jack Burden better, though. I, I Jack Burden is more charming than McCready and is, has a better character, but if we're looking at uh, training, <laughs> McCready. Well, yeah. Um, one thing that... that uh, he always teased at is is John Carpenter always teased in his mind Jack Burden is related to McCready so well like the stuff and the thing is going he's on he's the younger brother that's trying to live up to the legacy of the older brother. well like a cousin or something but but this film takes place in the same realm so well his bro- his cousin is going through all of this stuff in Alaska he's dealing with all of this stuff in San Francisco so wait is it confirmed that there's a Carpenter verse 
John Carpenter said he would like to believe that. Mm. But he didn't write this one. So, who's to say? Um, I still think... I think that if you take this ending and you... And replace it with, with John Carpenter's score. If you take John Carpenter's score out and you replace the Beach Boys, wouldn't it be nice? When, when, when the little creature shows up at the end. When, when our not even little Bigfoot shows up at the end, it would make the movie like ten times better. Like, this is Jack Burton signing off on the Pork Shop Express. And then you just see the... And then, a wouldn't movie. it be nice <laughs> if we were older? It would have been a nice little little panache at the end. Yeah, I just think part of the problem with the movie is when it's taking itself comically, it's great. When it takes itself too seriously with like the suspenseful music, it's like whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Yeah, have a heart. Like, 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 find, find, find your your voice, find your your funniness, because this is a really funny movie at points, and at other points, it it's super dark. Like when they go into the, uh, the room starts filling with water and it's filled with a bunch of dead bodies. The dead body, the detail on the dead bodies, another five million there, hands down. If you're a child watching this at five a.m. on HBO, horrifying. Were you a child watching? This? No, I watched the thing at five a.m. Jeez, scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah, I watched Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh god. Saying goodbye. And that was also another movie where my dad's like, don't turn the channel to this channel. Oh, see, I I couldn't sleep. And then uh, my father... Taxi cab confessions. My father woke up and I pretended to be asleep. And he's like, I know you're awake. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) No. No. It's like, it's the thing. Of course you're going to be awake. The thing is still, like... The effects in The Thing and in Big Trouble in Little hold China up. still hold up. Yeah, it's super 80s. But John Carpenter just had... The, he has this direction to him. Like, he has a vision. All of his movies, even though they take place in, like, different locations, they still have the same feel to them. Like, granted, this takes place in that that brothel. But if, if you were to take away most of the... the statue structures and just look at his shots they they totally look like all of his other movies it's like the continuity just meshes so well i actually just remembered um i don't know if it's the same company uh comic uh so there's boom comics does a continuation of big trouble in little chinatown in comic book format but did you just say big trouble in little chinatown sorry big trouble in little china um comics where they continue the story of jack burton but there's also a crossover where they cross over with Escape from New York, and it's called Big Trouble, or Escape from Big Trouble. I, I can't remember it, but Jack Burton and Snake Plissken meet each other, and they team up. <laughs> Who's this dead body? Sam McCready. <laughs> oh, man. I bet you any money that there's like a, a, a tease. Did you say you bet me Eddie Muddy? No, any money. Eddie Muddy? Eddie Muddy. We've Can't got Eddie me? Muddy right over there. I got... Two tickets to paradise. Shut up, Eddie. Oh, man. You sing only when I tell you to sing. <laughs> Be careful. Brian Bless might come back. <laughs> um, I still I still love... I mean, there isn't much to talk about because it's a very simple movie. They fight. He tries to marry both women. The, the ceremony that they do, it's where weird. deciding the women, they have to hold a blade, and if they don't bleed, they're they're the chosen ones like and they touch an orb with the green dragon's eyes and it has to light up like that that's the only real detail then everything else is just the same and and um when what's her name um uh kim cattrall is wearing her marital gown she looks ridiculous they both (laughs) yeah but you can tell she's like i just made mannequin i can't believe i'm here like Apparently, she did, did not like making this movie. Oh, really? That's why, like, when they proposed the sequel, she's like, yeah, count me out. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Police Academy. <laughs> uh, I mean, there isn't much to talk about on this one. So, how many bagels, Cole? 
I'm going to give it nine bagels. Eight. Or, oh, you're giving it eight? I'm taking, I'm leaving eight. I'm leaving nine. I mean, there's a lot wrong with the movie, but he, Kurt Russell is so damn charming. And he does. He, he's so much fun, and he's having the best time. And that hair. The hair is is just so feathery. Uh, Zach Braff for Halloween one year. He's friends with Kate Hudson, and she was throwing a Halloween party, and he found out that that Kurt Russell was going to be there, so he dressed as Jack Burton, and just posted a bunch of pictures of him with Kurt Russell, and this was when Kurt Russell was making Hateful Eight, so he had the big bushy mustache. This was probably right after he destroyed that priceless guitar. <laughs> God damn it, Kurt. I don't want to be talking to this guy from Scrubs. I mean, as far as fl- summer flops go, I still don't understand why this didn't draw in the crowd. You would have figured it had a very... If I was alive during 1986... I was a month old. Not even. Well, you should have bought a ticket. I was a baby. They wouldn't let me have popcorn or a ticket. But, like... I, st- I still think this movie still holds up, and I'm glad it found cult status, but timing, man. This isn't a summer movie. This is not a summer blockbuster. Th- this would have been a fall blockbuster or even, you know, a winter movie. Like Back to school. I think the fact that it just takes place during the summer is why they released it during the summer. It, it, it just, it sucks that no one really saw this in the 80s, and it wasn't until VHS in the late 80s, early 90s. It's a shame. I mean, I used to rent this all the time as a kid. I watched it on HBO. <laughs> so, until... Uh, so, next time... Um, you know what? I'm going to tease it on Twitter. <laughs> so, Cole, thank you for uh, filling in. Oh, no problem. So, until next time, I am Scott Curlin. And I'm Cole. Bye. Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them.